Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. It ended Brighton 1, Liverpool 3 at the Amex Stadium. It was yet another game in our procession uh, to kind of that waiting time now where we are, where we've won the league, where we haven't been able to lift the trophy yet. It was, it was another game where we showed uh, everything about why we've been so successful, not only this season, but over the past three or four seasons since Jurgen Klopp has come in, it was high intensity it was putting you know putting teams under pressure making sure we work harder than the opposition um, and, and all of those types of things that have become so synonymous with with Jurgen Klopp's teams and, and more specifically Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool um, and it was a you know a good performance overall there were things that uh, worked better things that that didn't quite work out and, and definitely could be improved on uh, throughout the remaining games of this season um, but all in all, it was a positive performance. It was um, kind of something we've been waiting to see. Uh, obviously, we had the, the big result against Crystal Palace. But but other than that, we've kind of been a little bit lethargic, not necessarily as clinical as we were before the lockdown. And um, yeah, it was it was kind of just going back to a, to a bit more of, of what you expect from Liverpool, that kind of early high press get goals early, put the other team under pressure, you know, all of those all of those types of things. So I'll touch on kind of why I think it happened in this game and, and what in particular worked, worked really, really well in this game. But um, if we go just straight back to the starting lineup, I talked last time uh, in the review of the Aston Villa game around how Klopp had kind of rotated the team to keep players fresh and he continued that trend um, in, in this game. For me, the biggest... Uh, change or the most impactful change that he made was to bring in Nico Williams at left back instead of Andy Robertson. Uh, I've talked about, you know, in the review of the Man City game and the Aston Villa game as well, that Andy Robertson kind of just hasn't been uh, maybe at it as much as he was, you know, pre-lockdown and as we've seen for him from so for so many seasons now. Um, but it was really refreshing, one, to see Nico Williams because we've already seen a number of times this season, uh, mainly in the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, uh, and even, you know, some glimpses in the Premier League at how good he is. Um, but obviously we have that dilemma at right back now where we obviously have Trent, um, who is, you know, who's better than Nico Williams and he's, you know, he's got a lot more experience now, uh, Premier League and Champions League experience. Um, and, and so it's going to be very difficult for him to, to compete and kind of take that spot off, off, um, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. But on the left hand, on the left back side, we've always had this problem where we've had Andy Robertson. We haven't had a kind of great replacement uh, James Milner has obviously done a job when he's needed to. Um, you know, the Everton game was an example, and, and you know he did it for a whole season when that season when Alberto Moreno wasn't favoured and we didn't really have another left back. And um, maybe Klopp's experimenting with Nico Williams at left back one because you know he, he is a he is a good fullback and he can provide maybe that backup to to Robertson um, that we need, and maybe we don't need to go out and buy someone. And obviously, he could cover it right back as well, but. But also, you know, it's an opportunity to give someone like Nico Williams, who is very promising, more game time, because um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be, you know, very, very difficult for Klopp to give good amount of game time to Nico Williams at right back, just because of all of the games we're involved in are kind of high-profile games. We have very few kind of games where Klopp can experiment around. You know, we'll, when the Premier League season starts again, we'll be, you know, we, we'll be under pressure from game one because you know all the teams will want to beat the champions. So um, I think that could, for me, I think I saw that as a bit of an indicator as to how Klopp, that kind of Klopp's thinking, um, and that he may look to to play Nico Williams um, as a kind of backup to Andy Robertson, which would be very good because it means we don't have to go out and try and find some left back who is unproven in the Premier League, unproven with the squad, and all things like that. 
Also, it was great to see Naby Keita back in the squad. Um, if you haven't watched the, the, the or heard the, the Aston Villa episode, I talked there. My shout out to Klopp was to keep giving Keita chances. We saw his fantastic assist. Uh, and Liverpool had since released a video which showed kind of some really interesting angles of what Keita saw. And it just made the assist even better. Like he kind of threaded a gap that didn't exist. Um, and so it was really, I was really happy and pleased to see him start again. Um, because... You know, he'd showed in the Aston Villa game how important he can be in between, in between getting between the lines and attacking sense. But we saw a completely, we saw a different side to his game against Brighton, which was equally as impressive. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain was also given another chance. Um, again, I'm a big fan of Oxley Chamberlain, and I, I'm glad that Klopp's giving players like him a chance. Obviously, he hasn't had, you know, he hasn't had that consistency of starts throughout the season. He did have some few injury problems as well. But all in all, I think. The changes were really positive. I think the only thing that I would say about the Oxley chamberlain one in particular is that we all know, I think even Klopp knows that that midfield position is his best. Uh, you know, I think back to those, you know, just those Man City games, for example, where he drove from midfield and really kind of pushed the team forward, took the ball, ran with it. That was when he was most effective. And when he's playing out on the wing, be it on the right or the left where he's played uh, numerous times for us he just he just isn't as effective I think it's not his game yes he can do a job for us there but I would like to see him kind of play more in his natural position because I think he has a lot to offer the team and I don't you know I don't want him getting disgruntled and things like that which I don't think is is, is a risk but you know I, I want to see the best out of Oxley Chamberlain so I want to see him playing in that central midfield position which is obviously going to be very difficult when we've got a fully fit midfield kind of like we've got now for the first time in a very very long time the battle for those midfield positions is huge, and, and I'll be really interested to see how Klopp manages that next season um, between Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Henderson, uh, Naby Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain. You've got Curtis Jones coming in as well. Um, obviously, Adam Lana's leaving. You've got James Milner there as well. So it'll be very interesting to see how Klopp navigates that kind of midfield battle for places, uh, seeming as we only play with three midfielders. But let's get into the game now, and it was a, a fabulous, fabulous fast start from us. Um, all of the pressing I talked about it was great to see Naby Keita back in the team, but all of the pressing and the winning back was kind of instigated by him, and, and he was not only um, uh, really good at the pressing, but the timing of the pressing was really good. He knew, he kind of had that, you can tell, yeah, that sense of where someone maybe didn't look so confident on the ball or maybe took a bit of a touch, and he was on them straight away. Um, and the difference this time compared to some of the other games is that we were clinical right from the outset. You take the City game, for example, where we actually had a number of chances before they scored their first goal. We just weren't clinical enough. Whereas this time, uh, Mo Salah's finish, great clinical first time, not thinking about it. That's for me is when Salah is often at his best, when everything's very instinctive. And then the second goal from Henderson was whipped amazingly. Very kind of gave me some... Um, uh, reminders of kind of Steven Gerrard type-esque finishes where he kind of just wraps his ball around, wraps his foot around the ball, sorry. And um, yeah, it was a fantastic finish. After that, I think we we kind of let Brighton get back into the game. I think we took our foot off the gas a little bit. Um, they started popping the ball around well, passing it between the lines, and then that obviously led to the goal uh, for Trossard just before half time, uh, which was a very, very good finish, kind of on the half volley, just kind of flicked his foot at it and uh, kind of uh, fizzed off the surface. Allison had no chance, but that kind of, I think, gave Brighton some renewed hope, and you saw that in the second half. They came out with a bit more purpose, they came out with a bit more belief, and they nearly should have scored with uh, Dan Byrne, I think it was, who, who had a header from a corner, and it was uh, kind of wrong-footed Allison. but fortunately for us, Wijnaldum was there to clear the ball, 
um, and we got away with that. And then the kind of game game kind of petered out, and the game was uh, kind of over when uh, Andrew Robertson swung in a corner, who had come on for Nico Williams at halftime, which Klopp has said is not about you know Nico Williams' performance or anything like that. It's just that he was on a yellow card, and the protection that was being offered to Nico Williams wasn't as uh, good as Klopp would have liked and, and hence he would have been at risk you know of getting another yellow card and possibly being out of, of the next game which it looks like maybe Klopp will, will continue with Nico Williams next game if he's thinking like that but um, with Andy Robinson coming on he kind of swung in a corner and in swinging corner interesting that he's now taking more corners and I don't know whether that's been spotted by many people or not but previously it was kind of Trent from from both sides like the outswinger from the right hand side and then the inswinger from the left hand side but Andy Robertson's taken on you know a few more uh, corner duty responsibilities one I don't know whether this is for his assist whether that you know their assist challenge but um you know he put in a, a great cross near post maybe that was it looked like it was a planned corner and Mo Salah um with a header at the near post um just you know the goalkeeper Matt Ryan had no chance and it kind of just snuck in at the near post and it's very rare that you see a Salah header I can't remember the last time I saw Salah score with a header um the only one that really springs to mind is a goal against Bournemouth but that was kind of just more of a flick it wasn't a kind of traditional uh, header from a corner but um yeah after that the game was 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 kind of over we controlled the game we made a few more substitutions people like James Milner coming on just to um you know, just solidify the game and just make sure we keep the ball, which we did very well. And we saw out the game and Salah could have even got himself a hat trick, but um, he missed another header. So um, yeah, as, you, as we can see, headers headers aren't uh, uh, Mo Salah's um, forte, but you know, he's now hit over, I think I think he's hit um, with his goal, uh, 100 goal contributions for Liverpool in 104 games, which is, you know, immense. There's no way any of anyone would have uh, anticipated or expected that when he first came to the club. So just continuing to show season after season, even if he's not hitting the goal-scoring heights that we that we kind of saw from him in the uh, in his first season, he is still proving to be an incredibly, incredibly important player to our team. Uh, and as I talked about in the last episode, uh, with the African Cup of Nations not happening uh, ne- uh, this next season, uh, that could be that's a huge coup for us. Um, and uh, yeah, a, a, just a fantastic positive. So uh, you've probably heard me wax lyrical in this episode about Naby Keita. And for me, he, he was the player of the game. He was man of the match. He epitomized everything that makes a great Jurgen Klopp team. Um, and he was just at the heart of everything that, that went well and everything that we did good um, against Brighton. So uh, shout out to Naby Keita. Again, what a scene continuing to play. I think the thing that we haven't seen with for him is consistency, um, mainly because of fitness issues. So now that we've kind of got this mini season, let's say, um, it's great to see... Um, him getting kind of a continued run of games uh, and obviously as I always do guys we end the episodes with a shout out to Klopp and it's kind of something I mentioned right at the beginning and it's particularly around Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain um, he is a fantastic player we have seen already in a Liverpool shirt what he can do for a midfield we've seen you know his outside of the foot uh, shots in the Champions League which have gone in we've seen his driving runs from midfield against Man City in the past couple of seasons and as I said at the beginning, we just I, I don't think we get the best out of him and the team doesn't get the best out of him when he's in that uh, wide forward position. Um, and so the kind of shout out to Klopp for me is to to encourage him to play um, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain in that kind of position where he's in the midfield, preferably on the right-hand side of midfield. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, at the moment he's trying to give everyone uh, game time, which I think is also important given this little mini season. 
But thank you guys for listening to this episode. Next up, we've got Burnley. Um, they're obviously kind of safe, so it should be a relatively safe game. But so we'll, we'll see how that one goes. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. For listening to this on a podcast, make sure you check out my YouTube channel. And uh, thank you guys for watching, and I'll catch you on the next episode.